0: What are you gonna tell us, tough guys? My usual, zero, nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pop Culture Podcast. How are you all doing? I got a backwards hat today, and I'm self-conscious because I had a gig last week, and uh, well, it was it was a strange one. You had to introduce yourself, which I didn't like. Open mic comedy for you. I mean, we don't have the. Uh, Ability yet to demand requirements and things and because the people who run the show were just too lazy to figure out what to say about you They gave you a piece of paper, and they said we want your name We want where you're from and an interesting fact about yourself. I thought oh what a great opportunity to To get this show off to a good start. Did I tell you guys this week? I can't remember I Wrote down Tyson Popplestone from Point Lonsdale, and he identifies as very very sexy I thought this is going to bring the house down before I even get on stage. It, it didn't bring the house down. No one laughed. I bombed before i even... I was still sitting in my seat. And my own introduction of myself bombed. I got up and said to the guy, I go, mate, you got to be honest though. What do you reckon? He goes, mate, you look like a fuckhead. No one wears a backwards hat. I said, well, when did this take place? When did that become a thing? <laughs> because when I was at school, all the cool kids had a backwards hat. I've noticed this a few times actually. I've gone to certain gigs with a backwards hat on and... I've copped a few comments from people. It's weird, the comedy scene, because a lot of the people are a a bit younger than me. So I go in there thinking, I'm 35, and I just assume that anyone that I can hold a conversation with pretty reasonably is probably my age. It's funny when you're younger though, a lot of the younger comics go, "Toss, what are you trying to do, mate? Like, why you got a backwards hat? I said, well, hang on a second. You gotta update me. You gotta keep me posted on what's going on these days. Do you know what I mean? I already knew I was slower, I was slowing down on on the most recent fads, because I haven't got a TikTok account yet, and that's always an interesting sign. When, you, when your 20-year-old sister's messaging you, going, hey Tyce, start a TikTok account, and you're not interested in it, because you're worried about the security of your phone. It's just, it makes no sense, because I've got Instagram, I've got all the other ones, but for whatever reason, I, I watched one Joe Rogan clip of him talking about the cybersecurity risks of having TikTok on your phone. I thought, you know what, well that makes sense. I won't get that one then. Is it Tristan Harris? I've been listening to that guy, Tristan Harris, a little bit. He talks about social media and the impact that it's had on the world. And I go through these phases of like, all right, I'm done with social media, I'm finished. And so I delete it off my phone and then I come up with a really good photo opportunity. I go, well, you know what? I'm gonna re-download it just one more time. And It's funny, I, I always call myself a disciplined person, but when it comes to a little dopamine hit, when it comes to a little bit of excitement, it's something I've I've really got to work on. I, I no joke. I did that this morning. I deleted Instagram last night because I'm like, Ty, yeah, you're spending too much time on it. It's becoming a crutch. And this morning, you gotta you gotta understand though. You gotta understand. There was an article that of Joe Biden. I think he was on 60 Minutes, and a little clip was taken out of an interview where he said the pandemic was over. And I, I remember my tweets being taken down for saying things like that, but. Like granted, I said it two years ago, which is <laughs> I probably, I probably pulled the trigger a little bit too quickly. Um, so my apologies. But I mean, I mean, it's funny that you're allowed to say things like that now. So I couldn't help myself. I had to re-download it and upload. Truth is, I'm pretty sure I'm shadow banned. I'm not convinced anyone's seeing my post. I spoke to someone at a funeral the other day. And uh, funerals are awkward like that. You're not sure how you're supposed to how you're supposed to act because it's a place where I especially so it was a, a, my best mate his, his dad passed away and we went down to sale and uh, that's where I used to go to school so there's a heap of people that was one of the biggest funerals I've ever been to a really nice service but it's awkward because when you get there you want to be excited to see everyone but you understand like the event doesn't call for excitement obviously so I got there and I was I was just trying to give out that but inside I was I was so pumped I was so excited. But one of the one of the conversations I had at the funeral was um, with a chick who, Kate Helms, Kate Helms, superstar, sister of a, a good mate of mine. And she was saying to me, she's like, hey, why doesn't your Instagram stuff come up on my feed anymore? So I called a couple of people and I said, oh, do me a favor, can you just scroll through your Instagram feed and see if my most recent post is up on your feed? Like these are my closest friends. People I refer to as my closest friends. So like, oh, well, a couple of them, you know what I mean? A couple of them who are on Instagram. You know, a lot of my close mates don't actually use Instagram as, as much as, as, probably as much as me, so I, I didn't bother with them. But uh, she scrolled through right there and then, and said, yeah, it's not. there's nothing there. There's no photo from you that you posted an hour ago. I've, I've, it says I'm all caught up, but I'm not, because where's Poppy? Makes sense, because I thought the quality of my photos must have dropped. I'm like, mate, that's a great photo of me and my kid. Those ones usually, the family photos bring in the likes, don't they? They're the ones that, yeah, they're the ones that bring the house down. They're the one that if you're gonna get some likes, if you had a competition and you needed to see how many likes you could get on a photo, you gotta get a photo of your wife, your little boy, and just post that, see what happens. I'm getting 12 likes on those now. I'm like, hey, hang on a second. I remember days when that'd get 200. I don't wanna sound petty. I realize I am. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting. I was like, oh, well, thank God it's not that, you know, just the quality of my photos have dropped that much because I class myself as a pretty good photographer. So. Had a couple of people scroll through the feeds and uh, absolutely nothing there. Anyway, so that was an interesting way to start a gig. Your own introduction. No one interested. Uh, Clearly, either it was very, very true and it wasn't funny because of the fact such a handsome man had been so arrogant to make such a big call about himself. Or it just wasn't a funny joke. I'm, I'm sort of erring on the side of the fact that it you know, it wasn't that funny because just based on statistics, I know that, you know, 90% of what I chuck out there is probably not as good as what I thought it was. But I'll tell you, it was a better gig. I went to Rockbank here the other day, or Caroline Springs. So it was about a, I was actually driving home from that funeral uh, in Sale. So it was about a four or five hour drive back to my place. On the way, I thought, you know what, I'll go to Caroline Springs. I'll stop there. I'll do a little gig. It was one that had been organized for a month. The gig was about to start and there was no one in the room. Apart from the four comedians who were supposed to be performing, and one guy got up, he does that musical comedy. It was so, it was so good because there was two people in there. Was actually two women in the room, and we thought oh, that's okay. Well, I've performed to au- perform to audiences half that size, so this is a, <laughs> this is a pretty good show. <laughs> this is a pretty good turnout. And the first guy, Benny, got up on stage. He started doing some funny jokes. Like it was funny. It was good. Had his little guitar and he was singing the uh, in the sound of Alanis Morissette. And halfway through the song, he stopped. And he said, anyone hear anyone masturbating in the toilets 10 minutes ago? And everyone in the room was like, oh, no. He goes, oh, thank God. I thought you might have heard me bang. And then just kept going. <laughs> and it got nothing. I mean, I pissed myself because I'm a cheap laugh. But the two ladies, they were sitting there. It was a weird experience, these two ladies. So I think, I think they must, mustn't have known that the comedy was going to be taking place. It was just a classic open mic comedy night where... It wasn't even considered open mic comedy. It was a booked gig, but there was no posters to advertise this particular gig. So we got there and we were told, hey, the rest of the audience is coming soon. And we waited. And they, uh, they decided to take the night off the audience. And so us boys, we just went over and, um, you know, we had a... We had a little catch up ourselves. We went to the Vietnamese restaurant. Really, um, I like the Vietnamese. I like them a little bit. Do you know what? Like this sounds. I feel like this sounds a little bit dodgy. But I think I think what I like about Vietnamese, especially the girls, is you know where you stand with them straight away. If a Vietnamese girl is impressed with the way you look, you know. That's one thing I think Australian girls lack, and less Australian girls just don't find me attractive. I I walk down the street and I'm like, well, there's a chance that she might have liked what what old Tysey Popplestone's doing with his hair today. But the truth is, you don't know because you're not allowed to look. That's the rules of sort of engagement over here in Australia, isn't it? Like, if you're walking down the street and you see someone attractive, it's kind of rude to look. I think that's the rule. That's what I try and do anyway. I try not to stare for two. (laughs) Maybe that's my problem. It's the staring that makes it creepy. But it's sort of like a half a second. Like you're allowed to have a quick half a second. You can double take from time to time. But if you double take too, obviously, that's probably that's probably the equivalent of a, of a long stare. But with the Vietnamese, you just know. I've told you guys that story. I went to Vietnam a few years ago, back in 2017. Went with my mum. Jessie had gone to Scotland. And uh, I thought, you know what? I'll, I'll, meet, I'll meet Susie Davidson in, in Vietnam. And we did. And I said, hey, these rumours about these places are ridiculous. There's no such thing as a dodgy Vietnamese massage. And so I went into the, I went into the massage room. My mum was next door and she goes, okay, take off your clothes. And so I did. I was sitting there in my jocks and then she took out her phone for what I thought was going to be a text message. And I was sitting up on there just in my jocks, vulnerable, waiting for her to say, get on the table. She had the camera pointed towards me like this. I thought that's ironic for a text message. And then her flash went off. I said, wait, what's going on here? And she goes, well, you're you're very handsome. I said, well, thank you very much. But secondly, can I just make sure I look like? Can I just make sure I look okay before you send that to your friends? I did. She sent it, but I just wanted that. I wanted that that clarification. And it's weird because I'd heard the rumors about uh, about these Vietnamese massages, but I didn't know I didn't know how true they were. I, I knew they could get like a little bit, a little bit dodgy if you weren't careful. I was, I went to one, I was with my mum, so I thought surely these guys know that there's nothing dodgy going on here. Unless, like, they didn't ask any questions for, for a Bali bloke, that, or for a Vietnamese, an Aussie bloke travel in Vietnam. They, they could have well thought it was my lady, but it wasn't. We clarified, and uh, I went in, got my massage, and all of a sudden, they, they start, like she was doing the upper thigh, fantastic massage, but then they start doing the old and the old and escape. And I thought, okay, she's done that a couple of times now. I'm just going to avoid eye contact, because I don't want to feel uncomfortable. And then the longer she went, the more and more I realized, oh, this is a deliberate act that she's doing. She's trying to get an extra twenty bucks at the end of this for the old uh, for the old Vietnamese special is is what this is. And so I looked at her and I said, hey, I'm married. Um, and she goes, okay. Um, it, it meant nothing to her, so she just kept on. She kept on going, and uh, it was a, a very strange experience. Very. It's hard not to take it as though someone. Like in that situation, you just ah okay. There's something special about Tyson Popplestone here. Obviously, she's she's got a crush that she's she's trying to express to me in, in a Vietnamese way. Obviously, there's a language barrier. Maybe this is her way of just saying you're a handsome man. I think we could have a future together. I'd been married for seven years at this stage, so it was it was something I had to nip in the butt. I, I made sure like that. It sounded like there was a pun in, a pun intended there. There wasn't. It was I just I, I just kept going like this, just pointing to the wedding ring. Gone. No, no, no. Just focus on the calves, could you? Just focus on the calves. She's very persistent. I've got to be more disagreeable as well in those situations because in that, I'm not kidding. In that situation, I was thinking, I don't want to embarrass the poor thing. That was my genuine concern. I was like, this is a bad situation to be in, but I don't want to embarrass. I don't want her to feel uncomfortable. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting the old bull grace, and I'm worried about you know her comfort levels. It was a very, it was a very, very strange experience, and uh, you know, my discipline served me well, and I can, I can happily say I. I walked out of there with an extra 20 bucks in my pocket, because, and not because she paid me so she could do it, just because I didn't pay for what it was she was trying to offer. It was interesting as well, like another one. I went to a Vietnamese, I sound like, my wife knows all these stories, don't panic, it's not like I'm telling you guys stories that she doesn't know about, it's uh, it's not a secret. But there was another time we were in Vietnam, and this is the thing, and I like it, because you know exactly where you stand. We were looking at Vietnamese restaurants that you could eat at, and we, we found one, we heard this one had a really good reputation, we went there for night one, and as soon as we got there, there, there was a young Vietnamese chick. She came out, and she was having a good chat, and I noticed I was getting a little bit of extra time, and I said, oh, like, how long have you run this restaurant for? She goes, oh, my, my husband and I got married a few years ago. I go, how's your husband? She's like, oh, I don't like him. I go, whoa, <laughs> this is very important. Um I said, oh, why don't you like him? And She said, oh, because he doesn't look like you. And I said, well, that's not, thank you, first of all. Mainly, thank you very much. I'm not that concerned with your husband's feeling at this stage, but uh, this can't be pursued because, you know, I'm seven years into a marriage and she was very persistent as well. She kept smiling. She sat down. My mum's like, Toss, this lady's clearly flirting with you. I said, it's exceptional, isn't it? She goes, Toss, you're a married man. You got to, you know, you can't be flirting back. I said, come on, mum, Jessie's not here. No, (laughs) That's that's not what I said at all. I just thought that you can't say those things out la- no I'm joking I'm joking ladies and gentlemen I'm very much joking but uh I mean it, it feels good to get a little bit of a flirt thrown at you doesn't it just every now and then just to make sure you're still because because you also you also have to put up with comments along the way like in between the flirts you get negative comments that you have to navigate your way through so uh you know, a positive comment just puts a little bit of steam back in your tires, so to speak. It, it, you know, it pumps up your ego a little bit. I remember once I was doing some relief teaching at a school here in, in Victoria and I had a beanie on. Um, I don't know what they're called in America. Is it just a... is it just a beanie? It's like a woolen cat, like, the, you know what I mean, just Google it. And uh, I'm just nervous, I'm telling people I had the equivalent of a thong on, you know what I mean? It wasn't one of those, it was just a, it was a head warmer. And uh, a lady I was working with said, "Oh, I'm surprised how good that beanie looks on you." I said, "What do you mean?" She goes, "Usually people with a big nose don't suit a beanie." I thought, "Hang on, I didn't ask you for this uh, for this feedback. You just felt the need to tell me how big my nose was, did you?" Like, is that a? She goes, "No, it's a compliment. Like, I'm just saying a beanie looks good on you, despite the fact your nose is absurdly big." I said, "Well, hang on." (laughs) And she was an older lady as well. She was one of those ladies who. I love that about old people. Sometimes they just—they can't be bothered sugarcoating things. They just start chucking out, the, "Hey, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking." Do you like? If not, I don't—I don't really care how you feel about it. Just here. How's that for some information for you? Go deal with that. Let go, build up your self-confidence now. You—you you stupid old Pinocchio man is what she <laughs> is. What she essentially said. And so every day you got it. You get to Vietnam, and all of a sudden you get a little bit of attention. You go, "All right, Tice, Obviously the nose sits well on your face. But this chick. Uh, she added me on Facebook, and then when I was about to go, because we went there the night before we were about to leave, so we'd been there a couple of times, obviously, because you don't get that attention to not go back. Uh, so during the part, like during the course of the conversation, she said, Hey, I'm leaving on Thursday. And she's like, Oh, I'll come and say goodbye at the airport. And I said, Oh, yeah, will you now? Um, so she, she added me on Facebook, and I thought, Nothing's going to come about here. Anyway, I'm not, I got a notification on my phone an hour and a half before my flight was leaving, it was her. And she goes, hey, I'm, I'm at your gate, come and, <laughs> come and say goodbye. And it was, it was you know, I, I felt for a moment, I thought, okay, maybe I'd push this a little bit too far. The fact that she's at the airport, you know, wishing me farewell, she's married, I'm married. This is a, you know, this is like a bad scene from a movie. She couldn't get through security, which was good. So I just sort of went over and, and just gave her a high five over the fence. And I thought, Fofi, come on, mate, you can't be turned on the charm that well. And having these old little Vietnamese ladies coming out to the bloody airport to say goodbye, but what do you do? Anyway, yeah, it was funny. I always, uh, it's weird confession time. I have to tell Jesse those kind of things because it feels it feels weird just sitting on it. Do you know what I mean? Like not again. I'm not talking about the Vietnamese girl. There was no sitting. Do you know? It was a it was purely a high five, but. It was just a strange experience. And what I'm saying is, it's just, it would have been nice when I was dating, or when I was trying to date Jesse, just to get some of those more visual cues, just to know where I sat. I remember, like, it was back in Myspace, 2008, Jesse and I got together, and, uh, Back in the MySpace days, we were talking there on MySpace chat or whatever it was called, and I remember one day sending her a message and just explaining to her the features of a man who I knew would be perfect for her. It was very clearly all me, and she wrote back, "It sounds too good to be true." So I went and you know dropped some flowers and a teddy bear off at her doorstep. She eventually found out that it was me. I was like, "Dude, I've got no interest in you, not like that." And I was like, "Well, you can't flirt like a Vietnamese." And then treat me treat me like a Russian do you know what I mean you can't go from the Vietnamese to the Eastern European in the way that you treat him you can't go from warm to cold in, in such a quick fashion because it's very it's it, you know it's very confusing I struggle at the best of times to read songs I remember once I must have been 18 I just started going out and uh, I was I was watching people I was learning from people about how you how you pick up what do you do you offer them a drink I remember once I was on a dance floor and I said to a girl, I go, hey, can I get you a drink? She goes, oh, no, I've got a boyfriend. I was like, that's, that's fine. I just wanted to buy you a drink anyway. And she's like, it's fine. Honestly, he's buying me drinks. I was like, please, can I just get you a drink? And she's like, okay, sure. Just get me, get me a drink. I remember I bought her a vodka cruiser and she's like, thank, thank you very much. Like, you're very forceful. You're very pushy. Um, you know, I'm not sure why I'm telling you that. It's hard when you're 18 though, isn't it? It's hard to navigate that dating world. Because there's so many tricks you don't know about. And when you're 18, you're the bare minimum. No 18-year-old girl, I don't think, wants to go out with an 18-year-old guy. Though that could have just been my experience. Pretty sure that was just my experience, actually. It's hard when your voice hasn't broken, you haven't hit puberty at 18. (laughs) Difficult times. The dating world's weird as well when you're first getting into it. I remember I used to have this massive crush on a chick from high school. And uh, we all went out one night. It was me, her, my mate Andy, and uh, another girl called Tani. So we went out. We we're coming back to stay at my house, and and we did. And Andy goes, "Tice, mate, I think I'm a chance." So we had a really small place. It was two bedroom. My mum in one, me in the other. So when we had people stay over, it was like usually just come and stay in my room. No worries. Set up the stretcher, and and we'll be comfortable there. Or you sleep on the stretcher. I'll sleep up here. And so and so that's exactly what we were doing. Like Andy was going to come back, sleep on the stretcher in my room. And he goes, "Tye, I'm half a chance here. Do you reckon me and me and Tani could just stay in your lounge room, and uh, and you know, you and Alice can go and go and stay in your room?" I was "Mate, no worries." It didn't even cross my mind that there was that Andy, you know, was he was a bit more advanced. He was a lot more advanced than me. He he was talking about things that I didn't even know existed when we were in Year Twelve. I go, "Wait, what? What did you say she did?" That seems irresponsible. I don't think that's supposed to go there. Are you are you, are you sure? <laughs> Go and get yourself checked, mate, because that's filthy. Um, I had to have a shower just based on what I was hearing. He woke up in the morning. He goes, mate, how would you go? I was like, oh, what with? He's like, with Alice. I go, what do you, what do you mean? What did you guys do? And he told me. I thought, with? I, miss, I didn't know that's what was going on. I thought she just needed to. I thought I was helping you out. <laughs> this same guy. I remember um, I just moved to Adelaide 2006. And uh, as I said, my mum, she, she had a tiny little place. And I remember he called me in Adelaide one night and he goes "Tice, I'm, I'm at half a chance with this chick because he lived out of town He goes do you reckon your mum would mind if I just went back? No, no, that's what it was He called and he had planned to, to that's okay So he called and he had planned to stay at our house before he even went out this night Anyway, mum said Andy. It's fine. Come and stay make sure no one comes home with you That was a rule pretty simple rule. Like my mum's a she's pretty straight laced. She'll tell you exactly what she's thinking especially with those situations. So um I got a call from Andy the next morning, and he goes, "Oh, dude," he goes, "Your mum's so angry at me." I go, "What happened, man? Tell me." He's like, "Well, she she told me I could come and stay, but just make sure that no one comes home with me." I was like, "What? What happened?" He goes, "Tys." He goes, "I I had I had someone stay." I go, "Did you? What happened?" He goes, "Well, I had two people stay actually." I go, "Wait, what happened? Who were these people?" I remember one of the girls' names was Lucy, and he was he was telling me there was another girl and. I don't think he was interested in her at the time, but but she thought she was half a chance and Lucy wouldn't let him go and she wouldn't let him go. So Andy walked out, my mum's in the kitchen, and he walked out and goes, oh Susie. And she goes, Andy, just leave. Just get out of here, can you? Just please just go. My poor mum, thing, the things that she must have had to put up with. And so Andy left with the tail between his legs, the two girl left and, uh, very strange, Andy and my mum get on very well now. It was It's funny how the things that you do when you're a kid, they feel so big at the time. And then, uh, you know, you look back, you're like, oh, it's surely mum sees the funny side to it. The fact that I'm still nervous to bring it up to mum is, is perhaps a suggestion that maybe she's not ready to see the funny side to it just yet. Maybe it's not that funny. And that's okay as well, I accept that. <laughs> but, oh, gee, the old Vietnamese, eh? on them. I don't think it's I don't think it's purely the Vietnamese either I think it's an Asian cultural thing I'm pretty sure I've been to a lot of Asian cultures Asian countries in in fairness so I'm not hundred percent sure that's right I'm sitting here I've got a I've got my uh, calf it's got an ice pack on it I bloody I went for a run the other day and I'm having trouble my left calf for whatever reason is it's I, I don't like getting it because people call it the old man injury when you start doing your calves people go ah oh, you know what's happened here You're an old man. I'm like, surely it can't just be that because I know lots of people much older than me who are still running. I listened to a podcast the other day with a 100-year-old bloke who was still running and I thought, well... Because my mate said to me, we're out on a run and he goes, oh, there's a lot of people our age who can't do this. I said, well, that's true, but there's also a lot of people much older older than us who who can. So we can't go getting all cocky about the fact that we can go for a 5 or 6K run because, you know, if if a centurion's doing it, you know... That was a rich roll podcast. It was a it was an okay podcast. But I mean the guy wasn't all he was doing was being hundred and going for some runs. It's amazing what's impressive to everyone else when you're hundred. If I told you I went for a 10K run, you'd go, oh, cool. Like, was it nice? How'd you feel? I couldn't run 10K. There'd just be that general kind of chitchat, But a hundred-year-old makes that same comment and people lose their mind. Maybe rightly so, but I like the way this guy spoke of it. He was like, Oh, I'm the world champion. And uh, Rich, Roll, Rich Roll said to him, "Oh, what like what do you do to be a world champion?" He's like, "Just be able to run and be a They're pretty much they're pretty much the only qualifications. He's like, "There's not too many uh, other requirements because most people give up at about ninety, don't they? They don't give up; they pass away. In fairness to them." And so I've got, a, I've got some peas and corn just wrapped around my, my leg at the moment. I'm trying to take it a bit more seriously because I think in <clears throat> I'm going to try to start doing a bit more speed and agility kind of stuff. You know when you're young and you're just playing? I love that kind of thing. Like, yeah, it's recess time at school and you just go outside, you start sprinting around with your mates. And without even meaning to, you're like, you're going left, right, you're doing ankle breakers, you're, you're turning, you're running, you're sprinting. But it's all play. It's <clears throat> I noticed with me, I reckon for me, I reckon comedy is like the biggest form of play. Like it's in the sense that there's so many of my mates who are out there having a, having a blast. And I don't know, it's in the sense that what you're allowed to say in front of comedians is, is much more ridiculous than what you're allowed to say in front of the average person. And that's kind of the right group of comedians, that is. You can't just be going up to any comedian in Melbourne because Melbourne's got its reputation for being woke for a reason. You've, you've got to watch yourself there. That's a little bit of play, but I like that. So I'm, I'm starting to, I'm, I'm gonna get this calf ready, and then I'm gonna try and uh, put together like some speed and agility things. What about like little coordination activities? Do you know when you're a kid, and like you're playing with a footy so much that it's just natural to be out there? I wanna activate that part of my brain a bit. I don't know why, I don't know if you guys care about that or if that's interesting to you, but it's something that's on my mind. So I've been watching these guys on, uh, I should set this up, I've got the equipment now that next week, or the next couple of weeks, so I, can, I can play like a little clip through this podcast video as I'm talking to you so you know what I'm talking about. Because I, like my mates know I'm a, I'm a fan of a good YouTube video and if I can't show you what's going on in the world of YouTube, what's getting me excited in the world of YouTube, then who can I show you is the question. The answer is Jessie and she's not that interested. She doesn't want to know about it. She, she couldn't care less about what's keeping me interested in the world of YouTube at the moment. Especially when it's like an African American NFL coach teaching people how to use a, an agility ladder and catch a tennis ball. Should have seen me trying to show her that video yesterday. I go, babe, you're not going to believe what I've just seen. And I went to show her, and she's like, I, "What a shit video." There's not much on my radar that's less interesting than that. I think that's why we get on because she she keeps me she keeps me humble a little bit because I I find something like that and I'm like, oh, "Mate, people are going to love this. I can't wait to share it." And before I share that into the wider world, she goes, "Hey, just help me understand, like what what is it about that that?" That you care even the tiniest amount about, because I genuinely do not get it. I said, you know what, you know what, sweetie, I just—I I thought we both shared the excitement of this. But you can't be doing the—you uh, can't be doing agility ladders when you've got a strained calf. So I'm hoping the inflammation goes down in the next couple of days, and I can just gradually work my way into it. I uh, speaking of agility and those kind of sports, did anyone see my boy Paddy Cripps the other day taking home the Brownlow Medal? I was out on a walk the following middle. I didn't even realise the Brownlow was on. Brownlow medal. If you're overseas, Brownlow medal, it's like the most prestigious award award where the best player, you know, and the best person of their skill set gets rewards for, you know, mark of the year, goal of the year, and then the overall best player of the year. And Paddy Cripps, he's a Carlton boy. I, I personally didn't even have him in my top five picks. I knew he had a good season, but I thought maybe, like, I was thinking, uh, Oh man, I blanked on his name. What's the guy's name from from Brisbane? Oh, I can see his handsome face there. It'll come to me. It'll come to me soon. I thought Christian Petrarca might have had a good year. What's that Brayshaw from Frio? He had another, he had a good season. Clayton Oliver might have been a good one. I'm a big fan of Scotty Pendlebury. Scotty Pendlebury for a Carlton supporter. Gee, I love Collingwood Football Club. I was going for them. Once Carlton got knocked out, I thought, okay, we've got to go for Carlton. Uh, we've got to go for Collingwood. They got so many guns. I'm a fan of the Dacos boys. Josh Dacos, Nicky Dacos, man, Nick Dacos just screams. He's that he's that professional kind of player you want on your team. Like a, I, still feel like a lot of a lot of players have that reputation of. Uh, a Jakey Stringer, where they rock up, they got man boobs, but they're bloody good at their job. But you know that if they if they did all the little one percenters, then they'd just be a way better footballer. Nicky DeCostas has got a little bit of that about him. Like he, from from every like from the haircut to the way he moves to the way he reads the play to the way he looks so relaxed when he's when he's in a like a contested ball get. This guy, you, you see a lot of players, and it's like you kind of get it when you're in there because there's like a lot of big bodies coming at you pretty fast. So you got to be careful. You want to get out of there, and naturally in that situation you tense up a bit which makes it hard to move your body naturally. You look at this guy, and you go, hang on a second. It just looks like he's watched Scott Pendlebury, you know what I'm trying to say, Scott Pendlebury play footy for his whole life, and he's just absorbed all his movement, because Nicky Dacos, Josh Dacos, Scott Pendles, um, oh, I loved a goalie, how can you not? Big Moore, who else do we like? Ginevan, you gotta love Ginevan, don't you? Little Ginevan. It's weird how much people love to hate him because he's just lovely. I've watched a couple of interviews of him, and he's just this lovely little dude. He looks like he's 14. He's just a gun at football. He still looks a little bit scared when he goes into a pack, which I, I don't blame him for. I'm not having a go at him. I'm just saying he looks nervous, and I would be as well because I don't know his height, but he looks, he looks short. But That's the thing with footballers. You can look short and actually still be quite tall. Like Nick Dacos, you look at him. On the uh, uh, you know on game day and he looks like a pretty little fella he's six he's just over six foot 184 centimeters he's got me covered not that that's a you know it's not much of a bragging right but I'm not short. Sure. I think I'm six on the dot pretty much five foot five foot eleven three quarters and a bit is is what my dad used to call it so he's going good he's going well it's good to watch Young players like him come up, so I was shattered. Did you guys watch the that Sydney Collingwood game on the weekend? Was insane. I, I had in the back of my mind like I knew that there was going to be, I knew there was a reputation that Collingwood had recently developed, which is hey we're a strong team in that last quarter, that last half, and I thought well they're not, surely they're not going to do it today at the SCG, and they just they did it again. Not quite. They got within a point, but man, I was I was stressed. I would have been a hard work being a bloody coach on that day. I can't see Sydney beating Geelong though. I think I was going for Collingwood just cuz I knew that uh Geelong Collingwood Grand Final was going to be better. That was my prediction. I was pretty sure that that would be the best game and the crowd would have been insane. Like any Collingwood supporter knows that. I mean, it'll still be good. It's going to be a great game. I just, I here's the thing. I'm going to I'm going to tell you guys, I'm I'm backing Geelong by about 75 points. That's my tip. <laughs> I'm not sure how accurate that's going to be. Like, I, I honestly hope that Sydney proved me wrong and it's a really close game, come down, comes down to the wide. But I just, I can't imagine. It just feels like an outmatched an outmatched game to me. Don't you think? Like Collingwood have, uh, Geelong have won the last 15 games. I don't know how many Sydney have won. But even on the weekend, they didn't look that impressive. They looked good for 20 minutes, I thought. And especially being like a home ground, I thought... Like if there's anywhere that Sydney's going to play really well. Mind you, they've won. I, I, don't, I really don't know. I don't, really don't know enough about what I'm talking about with the tactical side of footy doer. So i got my mates like Chopper and, and D-Dub. You've got you to, you know, pull me into line. I'm, I'm going to start a footy podcast next year, though, just like a, a weekly review. I think I am. Me and Chopper from WA. Because he's this guy played in the Waffle. He must have played a, a couple of hundred games. He was playing forever and uh you know i got the, i got some love for the game he's got an understanding of the game i thought our powers combined this could be a little fun one my, my dad used to have a, a footy show on channel 10 over here called simply footy which went for a few seasons so i think i'm going to uh, i think i'm going to reborrow that name don't try and get the domain name and, and and make money i've already bought it you dickhead i've already i just felt i just felt someone in the u.s go oh, i'm going to get these dickheads i'm going to get that domain name so he can't buy it. it's already mine mate you can't, you can't just go and do that. I already opened up an Instagram account for it, all right? It's got no followers because it's got no posts because the podcast doesn't exist and, and might not. But it's just something I've been flirting with because the idea of... I used to do some commentary in the world of football and I like it, but the only part I don't like about it is that you've got to be... If you're any good at it, you've got to travel all around the country every weekend and every weekend's pretty much ruled out because, well, football takes priority. It's like shift work, but for footy. Do you know what I mean? You're not necessarily working overnight, but you're going to know that Saturday afternoon, the best time of the week, just to do whatever you want, is going to be taken up by football. So I'm not going to do that, but I like the idea of the podcast world. I like the idea of doing it. I was going to do it with my dad. I, I ran the idea past him a couple of years ago and a couple of times over the last couple of years, but he's he's from pretty deep in the world of media. So I'm not, convinced, I'm not convinced he fully understands the podcast. I think he would tell you that as well. He probably doesn't understand the podcast world, doesn't really see... Maybe the value in it. I don't. I don't know. But it's nice. I think what's good about just doing your own thing like that is then you're not affiliated with anyone. You can have an honest opinion. You can say what you really believe. You know, you don't have to pretend to like AFLW. Not saying I don't. I just haven't watched many games. Do you know? So you can you can say stuff like that, and people don't get. You're not going to get fired. You can be caught with a bag of crushed up antibiotics in your pocket. And it might have even been cocaine, and you don't, you don't have to step down from your job. Not that I'm interested in that either, but I'm just saying you've got options. If I ever decide a couple of years down the track that cocaine's the, the thing for me, I don't have to be worried about whether it's going to fall out on the table at a casino. Poor bugger. I think, Wayne Kerry, the worst part of that particular situation is, is just that we know he's lying to us. We know it was just a... He's done his best. He's done what he had to do, really. You know, say a few prayers for the boy... I'll say a few prayers for me because I, I come from a, a, you know, a pretty heavily religious family. So I've got to just do stuff like that. When I say heavily religious, it's my mum that I'm talking about. My mum, she's not that religious. She was just fat and went to church sometimes. That's silly. It's not even true, but it's just a funny, it's a funny thing to say, isn't it? You went to church now and then. I think I just fired up Siri somehow. Do you guys just hear that little bit? I'm not sure what I, what I say. Sometimes I'll go seriously. It didn't work just because I was trying to show you guys there, but I need to turn that off because uh, it's stressful having your phone on I reckon in certain situations that funeral I went to the other day because my phone doesn't go off silent mode anymore Like I, people keep saying no, you've just got to flick the switch. I know I know how to do it I'm just saying it doesn't do it anymore. So I can I can connect it to bluetooth I can connect it to my car. I think it just constantly thinks that it's got Headphones plugged into it. So it's not really sure what to do but every now and then it'll make a noise that I'll, I'm not sure how it did it. At the funeral the other day, I was freaking out because I thought, well, this isn't this isn't sort of what I was expecting to happen. And it's embarrassing at a situation like that because at a funeral, it's the one place you're not allowed to make a, an idiot of yourself. One of one of a few. I don't know how I got back to that funeral talk, because I was talking about Paddy Cripps winning the brown load. Yeah, It's amazing the deviations your mind can take, isn't it? I'd love just to be able to sit back and watch it from time to time and go, hey, where where are you going? Like, well, how did you get how did you get over there? Paddy Cripps, he, he won in a big way. Uh, that last... I was getting nervous, because I already knew he won, but I went back and watched that final vote count, that last round. And... Uh, wait, let me find out that bloke's name. It's doing my head in. Is it... Hey, Siri, who's the best player for Brisbane Lions? Okay, yes, yeah, I, I probably needed to ask more specific questions just then. Let me Google this because it's just doing my head. I'm sorry to those of you who know his name. Brisbane Lions um, team list, I guess. I'm sorry, you don't come here for this. Not Mitch Robert, Lockie Neal. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to apologise. I thought Lockie Neal might have taken it away. He's been way out of his league with his lady as well, isn't he? I know a big call coming from me, but he, he really is. He really is. The camera, he's almost, he's almost Judd-like. Remember when it used to flash to Judd and his stupid bald head and then there was just Rebecca Judd next to him? You go, hang on a second. Your personality's not that good, is it? I've heard you talk. You're not, oh, you're not that interesting. Like, Respect. It's what a little bit of power does. Well, that's why you need to have work on your speed and agility. Do you know what I mean? So your lady stays with you when you lose all your hair. It is funny how um, that's the case, isn't it? Like you look at a Donald Trump of the world, very successful, but not a handsome man. And then you like look at his wife. It might not be your particular taste, but in terms of batting outside your league, come on now. He's got to be he's got to be the pinup boy for that. Hugh Hefner's no longer around, and even his style was a little bit. I think I think Melania's a like I I you can tell she's had a little bit done. But Hugh Hefner's girls back in the day, they had they had a fair bit done, didn't they? Like there was a I don't have a problem with a little bit, but once it starts looking, once you start seeing the lips uh, you know, start to fold up towards the nose, you go, oh, you've you've got addicted. You've got a little bit addicted, haven't you? Anyway. So glad to see the old uh Joe Biden announced that the pandemic's over. That made me laugh so much. It's funny, I was thinking the other day about the lockdown rules here in Victoria. Remember that first lockdown? I, before that time, I used to always think I was just a goody-goody. I would just do what I was told all the time, no matter what. And then and then they said, okay, you've only, you've only got one hour for exercise. After that, you've got to be back inside. And I remember thinking, oh, all right, that's going to be hard. Then one day I went out. And I forgot to take my watch, so I didn't know how long I'd been gone for. And when I got home, don't know exactly how long it was but mate it must have been bloody close it must have been close to that hour call me a goody goody I don't even know if I've just gone a bit over it who's loving now <laughs> who's pussy now bro I was just out for a minute I was just out for a minute over my curfew what are you gonna do about it <laughs> do you know what I mean ridiculous a joke would have been on me if I you can't be you can't I remember I was doing a podcast with a guy who was uh, he was training for a marathon. He's in Melbourne, and uh, I said to him, I go, mate, how's the training going? He goes, look, you reckon you could cut this part out because I don't want to tell people about my long run. I go, what do you mean? He's like, I've got to do a two-hour long run. I was like, what do <laughs> everyone knows, mate. Does anyone, did anyone really follow that? I don't think so. I don't think anyone really followed the the 60-minute lockdown one. My other favourite one was uh, when the playgrounds were closed but the, the bottle shops were open. So if you wanted to organise a play date with, like, yeah, your friend and their kids yeah, had to organise to meet up at Liquorland. <laughs> i see it at Liquorland at 6pm. The little kids just run up and down the hallways with bloody Jack Daniels in their pocket. Ah, oh, it's, it's locked down, kids. Special times, special measures. Have a sip. Pass it around. Oh, it's all right. As long as we're keeping them healthy. That's the thing, huh? you got to stay hydrated if you're playing in the aisles. That was a funny one. I used to love that. I remember it was my favourite time was just hearing people's justification for why my gym couldn't be open but Bunnings could. Yeah, it was it was silly. Oh my gosh, I mean, it's so nice not to be in that phase anymore, isn't it? It's so nice to yeah. I'm I'm really glad not to be in that phase. Did you hear? Um, it's funny. I, I saw the old the old beautiful queen died the other day. She was beautiful when she was younger. Do you know? Physically speaking, I'm sure her swell was still nice. But when you're ninety, it's not not that attractive anymore, are you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, beauty, beauty isn't only skin depth It is if you're trying to masturbate. No, <laughs> no that's ridiculous. Oh, that's such a silly call. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm sorry. I could already feel the emails coming through to Instagram. Got mate, you can't be saying that. And I, you know, I just did. So what are you gonna do about it? No, don't. Oh, that's not a threat. I wanna, I wanna keep you on my side. Um, <laughs> but the the AFLW, so the the women's league of the AFL, they refuse to. They refuse to acknowledge the death, which is, I mean, I, I kind of like the idea that let's keep our politics and our sports separate. I don't really want to hear your opinion. I don't really care what your thoughts are on, on the Queen passing, you know, women who play football. But, but what they do do from time to time is when someone of significance passes away, obviously we'll, we'll take a minute's silence. The AFL refused to do that because of what she represented in, in their eyes. And uh, what I thought was the funniest part about this was like so many of the AFLW women were firing up thinking they were making a big political statement, but forgot no one watches it. <laughs> no one watches the sport. So it just got no traction. The four people in the audience was like, I guess I'll just take this minute to look at Instagram. Do you know what I mean? Like what, it's, uh, what are we going to do? What are you going to say? Uh Anyway, no, I just, I love that. I love it when a political a political statement goes wrong, especially a bullshit one, like a dumb one. The Queen's lovely, shut up. Jeez, haven't you watched The Crown? Get an education. I only watched the first season, it bored me, okay? so. But my wife's watched it, so any questions I have, I can just ask her about it. She's like my own personal Google on the show. That, uh, that's a ridiculous call. That's a very ridiculous call. Jessie's been, uh, we've been married for 11 years now. And, you know, she's often saying to me, like, so 11 years into marriage, we've been together since 2008, that's 14 years of dating. And things have mostly been amazing, like most of our marriage is amazing. But since we've had kids, I've noticed that the things that she's telling me to do just slip through one ear and out the other. So she started writing me a list of jobs that I need to do. She's always saying to me, she's like, babe, you never listen. At least I think, I think that's what she's saying. <laughs> I can't be sure. So she writes down the jobs that I've got to do on a piece of paper and I said, babe, if it's not written down, it doesn't count. So I'd been using this fact that I've just got too much going on through my head the last couple of weeks to really be able to take on any more. So I need you to write it down so it doesn't occupy my mind. Then I realised the last two weeks she pulled me aside. She goes, show me what jobs on this piece of paper you've done. I said, oh, I forgot the paper was there. You've got to send an alarm to remind me to check that paper. So it's been a been a little comedy of errors. So it's interesting, the the world of marriage. It's just amazing, these little sucker punches that come up and, you know, Tougher at the moment as well because she's 37 and a bit weeks pregnant, and I've been watching I've been watching some of those birthing videos. One of my friends she tagged me in a, a Instagram page and I just have women giving birth. Now it's not like a sick fetish of mine. I'm just trying to get myself prepared for it because honestly I feel as though it's going to be super hard just sitting in that room while she's giving birth. Do you know what I mean? Because it's going to take ages. I've got so much shit to get done. It's like oh come on push. <laughs> no women. I hey, I'm I'm joking a little bit. Do you know what I mean? I'm just joking a little bit. It's a... look at old Poppy, just just rubbing up everyone the wrong way. Hey, from the Vietnamese to the old ladies listening to this, I wasn't rubbing up any Vietnamese. The thing with this podcast is it's unedited and allows for a couple of uh, allows for a couple of ridiculous comments to make their ways in. I have been watching those birthing videos though, because I'm trying to I'm trying to get myself mentally prepared because uh, Jessie wants to go in there, she wants me by her side. Obviously, you know what I mean. If she wanted any other guy by her side, I'd be highly offended. Um, and I've just got to. She goes, it's just important for for me that you just maintain a cool because obviously I'll be going through crazy emotions. I'll be going through a lot of discomfort. I need someone by my side who's just going to be just going to be chill, just going to be able to just sit there, encourage me remind me of what it is I need to be reminded of, blah, blah, blah. Not blah, 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 you know what I mean? And uh, the idea, I sometimes wake up at like 2 a.m. You know those thoughts where you you wake up at 2 a.m. and you're like, oh, I can't believe I'm going to have to watch this. I can't believe I'm going to have to be a part of it. Uh, It blows my mind, ladies, for any of you who have kids or any of you who are thinking about it, it blows my mind that you think that's a good idea based solely on how that baby's coming out. It's either coming out if you're, you know, your bushtaka or your tummy. Like Jessie had a C section for the first one because Charlie was breached and she didn't she didn't know whether it was safe or not. So she she just went and had a a C section. But um, Yeah. I just wanna I just wanted to expose myself to a few of them so I could sort of see what it looks like. Cause I I had a mate a while ago, he tells me he told me that he watched his wife have a C section done. I was like, How did you watch that? He's like, Well when you separate yourself emotionally, it's just like watching someone make a sandwich. And I was like, that's interesting. So I went to YouTube and started watching a C section. I was like, mate, that is that is the most messed up sandwich I've ever seen. I've never seen a sandwich with such a large knife stuck so deep into it, you know, to make sure the abdomen wasn't in the way of the baby as it was being put. I was like, where do you buy your sandwiches? <laughs> what a freak. <laughs> no, he's a great guy, lovely guy, but we just, uh, we get our sandwiches from different stores. And so uh, I don't know. My, I've got a couple of friends who are like, tice make sure you go down. You got to go down to the. Uh, you got to go down the non-strikers end and watch it come out. I'm not interested. And I mean, there's so many funny jokes. Like people say those ones about watching your favourite pub burn down. It's not like I'm more worried about myself. I'm more worried. I don't want the attention to turn to me because I can tell. I'll see that and I'll faint, and then the attention will turn from Jesse to me, and I'll be making more of a deal of what I'm going through. You don't know what it's like. I had a bad dream and I was faint. You know, when I was unconscious. Jesse would just be over there pushing like a beast, getting it done, encouraging me, you know, recovering from that faint. But some chicks, man, some of them are, some of them are crazy. We got a friend around the corner, and she I, I say crazy in a good way in this regard. Uh, she's got a they had like a blow-up pool in their lounge room, and she just she just gave birth like it was nothing. It's good if you can do it. It's funny, I reckon, how and people get angry at guys when they talk about chicks giving birth because it's like you don't deserve to be able to talk about this like I I was telling my mum the other day that up until the 70s the epidural wasn't a thing and if you were having a baby it was like oh you just got to deal with it and mum's like you shouldn't be talking about that I was like but mum it's true do you know what I mean she was lovely I made her sound like she was harsh just then she wasn't harsh at all I get it I don't have to push anything out but it's weird when you think about how like up until the 70s every birth that took place was with I think this is true without an epidural then the idea, like I'll meet people who have a like a birth without an epidural now, and I'm like, oh, what a hippie. <laughs> it's very strange. It's gonna be strange having two kids in the house as well, because for those of you who don't know, we're having a second, second little boy, second little fella, and my my first boy, Charlie's two now, and he's he's getting a little bit of an attitude. Like he's gone through a phase where he doesn't want to talk to people that he doesn't want to talk to. We'll go on a work walk sometimes, and these people walk past him and go, Hey little man, how are you? And Charlie goes, kick lady. And they're like, "Oh, did you just threaten to kick me?" It's like, yes, hit lady. He's sitting there just kicking his foot and slapping like that. Like I, I tell him off. I give him a little flick because I haven't, I haven't fully committed to a smack yet because it just feels feels too aggressive, and I'm not sure I'm not sure it works. And if the smack doesn't work, what do you just keep turning up the intensity of the punishment? That's where it gets confusing as well. Like I'm just trying to be I'm just trying to be consistent with my my little repetition there. Anyway wait what is the deal here's the thing all right look I'm open to an education here why are people doing welcome to countries on their podcast I'm genuinely I'm genuinely confused here's the thing like, isn't a welcome to country is acknowledging the traditional owners of the land that you're on isn't it it's a really big thing here in in the corporate world and you know in amongst some circles which is fine I've got I've actually got no issue and who cares if I do But it's acknowledging that the land that you're working on was originally someone else's. In that situation, give it back. If you're genuinely so offended about the fact that you're recording on someone else's land that you you believe was stolen, you know, what was stolen legitimately, (laughs) give it back then. You can't just be going around. Because when it comes to the crunch, the reason it does my head in is because when it comes to the crunch, they they don't really care. It's all good. It's just lip service, isn't it? It's like, it's like telling you, mate, you'll give them a hand paint their house, but when it comes to the crunch, you like, oh, sorry, mate, flat out, I've got other things I'd rather be doing. I don't know. I'm just not convinced. If someone stole my bike and then came to me and said, hey, Toss, I recognise that this used to be yours, I, you know. I go, give it back. And they didn't do it. I go, okay, well, you, you don't really believe what it is you're talking about. There. Do you actually know that? Because I, I listened to a money podcast once, and he did it at the start. I was like, mate. All right, like this is just coming at us left, right, and center. It's like those AFL players who took a knee for the Black Lives Matter thing a few years ago. I don't understand that completely. I don't, I don't know what, I reckon anyone who takes a knee should be required to go and serve in like an Aboriginal community for six months or three, even six weeks in their off season. Because taking a knee as one thing, saying, hey, Black Lives Matter, but actually going out there and helping that community, actually helping invest in the lives of these people, that's another thing, isn't it? I'd love to see what the correlation of AFL players who took a knee for, for Black Lives Matter or posted the black square to actually goes out into the community. And it does my I don't understand it. I don't understand. The only thing, it's not the cause, it's not the belief that does my head in. It's the fact that it's just the hypocrisy of it. It's like, okay, so I could do that as well. I could just post a black square and go, hey, Black Lives Matter. And everyone goes, yeah, you get it to us, go get them. There's no way I'm going to help out a community in the middle of Australia for six weeks. You know what? Because I don't really, I, you know, I mean, I believe what I'm saying, but I'm not that passionate about helping. I've got my own shit to sort out. <laughs> I don't know. Because I was, I was saying it to Jessie the other day. I was like, how do you listen to this podcast? She's like, you got to get over yourself and just understand that different people have different beliefs and the content is still good. I get so stuck on that introduction that I go, oh my gosh, surely these people don't know anything, do they? <laughs> Which is, I don't know, it clearly says more about me than it does about them. Anyway, that's a question of the week. I'd love to. I'd love to know the answers. I'd love to to hear your thoughts on that particular issue because, uh, you know, it's baffled me a little bit. It's baffled me a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. I um, I really wish I had my videos set up so I could show you a couple of my favorites this week. The champ, my friend from comedy, sends me some bangers, and uh, as soon as I can. The reason I can't is because this particular microphone doesn't plug into the equipment that I need. To show, you don't care about all this stuff, but essentially what I'm trying to say is if I did it now, my, my mouth and the, the video doesn't match up and does my head in for when you're watching it. So, hey, I hope you've enjoyed that. That was a, that was a lot of fun. Don't forget, these are all o- up over at YouTube as well. So jump over to YouTube, type in Tyson Popplestone. There's only one of me. And uh, uh, is there anything else? I think that's all. All right, you enjoy the rest of your week. If you're in Australia or Victoria, is it a, like a nationwide public holiday on Thursday? Friday? I'm not sure. Enjoy the long weekend. Enjoy the AFL Grand Final. If you're not here, Google it. Watch it and give it a go. I mean, we're trying to get international with this sport anyway. I'll see you all next week. Bye.